Welcome to the WTF Show podcast from Bangkok, Thailand, presented by Vimal Kogar. Tune in to get your dose of weekly verbal Red Bull. Welcome, everyone, to the WTF Show. Today, we have a supreme guest, somebody very young and energetic. His name is Udit Davan. Udit, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. And I'm looking forward to doing this. This is my first time doing a podcast, so quite excited. Okay, so tell me a little bit about college life, where you went to college, and uh, what you did after college. So I went, after um, studying at Bangkok Patna, I went to Melbourne, Melbourne University for four years. Um, there I went with, a, I went and studied a Bachelor of Science and ended up majoring in psychology, uh, physiology. Um, if I'm honest, um, it was because those were really the only subjects at the time that I was passing um, in that in that degree. So it was a, a lot harder than I thought it would be. Um, after four years of Melbourne, then I went to Burma and worked in Yangon for three years, um, working for my dad's company, which in Burma was also a distribution company for consumer and pharmaceutical goods. So I got the experience of working uh, client-facing projects and things like that, uh, launching new brands into the market that hadn't existed. And after about three years, I kind of felt like I wanted a break and needed to get out or do something different. And then that's when I decided to take my GMATs and uh, I went to study at INSEAD for my MBA program, which is a one-year uh, in, uh, master's in business because I actually, because of my degree in science, I didn't actually have that much knowledge about how to run a business and, and all the different uh, things that came with it. The three years in Burma did teach me a lot about every division, and I was very fortunate to like um, get to have a, a higher level position, obviously, because of my dad's company and things like that, maybe earlier on in my career than most people would have been allowed. So that was definitely true. And uh, after that one-year MBA, then uh, <laughs> I quickly realized I didn't want to do consulting or I didn't want to do finance jobs, which is where I would say 60%, 70% of the graduating class ends up. And so I, I moved back to Bangkok, and uh, and here I am. And now I'm 30 this year. I just turned 32 months ago, and I'm in my third year of my startup, which is called uh, Prana Food, Prana Food for Life. Wow, that's a mouthful, Prana Food for Life. Yeah. What is what do you do at Prana Food for Life? What do you offer your customers? So we're a currently we're still a hundred percent vegan. We call it the plant-based diet. Um, no cooking oil, 100% vegan, a food delivery service here in Bangkok. Um, we're an e-commerce company. Basically, we have an online website where customers can create an account, and we offer uh, lunch and dinner deliveries uh, Sunday through Friday. Um, so we're kind of like a lunch box service. You can almost say most of our customers do order for either the home or the office. Um, we have different order deadlines and we offer over like 16 dishes a day ranging from you know Thai, Asian, Indian food, Western food and then we obviously have a lot of snack items so we do everything from smoothies, salads, desserts, soups, so on. So 
everything is everything is kind of covered in our menu, I would say. But the main focus or the main primary reason initially for launching was to kind of uh, help promote a different approach to a, a healthy diet or a healthy lifestyle, which at the time when I launched, didn't, I didn't really see much of this in Bangkok at that time. There was loads of Thai companies doing healthy boxes and things like that, but they were all, none of them were vegan. They always included, you know, healthy chicken meat or, you know, salmon and other things like that. Or they have they had different principles to the ones that I was looking for. And so because this was really not that available in Bangkok at the time three years ago and because it was something that I personally do believe in and so does my, my family and, and my home, then I, I, I knew that I also had a, obviously the backing of my parents to, to go ahead and give this startup a go. So they were pretty much on board. They were just happy that I was ready to come back to Bangkok, to be honest, after being away from home for about, what is it, uni plus Burma plus, so about that's about eight years, eight, nine years that I didn't actually live in Thailand, although I was back all the time, obviously, every couple of months I would be back, so... Uh, if I may, I'm going to try and pitch your products today, maybe sell a hundred meals for you. Can you quickly describe the menu in terms of a little bit of detail on, on the products that are sure. on the website? So we have starting off with, we've, I've put in two dishes every day as specials currently that are for people who are just maybe for the first time trying vegan food or vegetarian food who are like big, big meat eaters and would never dream of giving it up. So we've got the, the Beyond Burger from the U.S., on there, which is like a, a, a burger patty, that, but it's made 100% from plants. And so if you're just the first time wanting to try out what a plant-based burger tastes like, we have that. We've also got a product, which is, again, both of these come from a brand called Green Monday, which is their main focus is on the environmental impact of the animal agriculture industry. And they try to promote Meatless Monday and other things like that. So they're mostly focused on meat substitute products. So there's another product called an Omni-Meat, which is like an Omni-Pork, it used to be. But I think for legal reasons, they had to change the name to Omni-Meat. Um, and we do a Kapow, just a basic Kapow with that. So, again, these are like the entry-level ones. Um, Indian food is easy. I mean, most of it is already vegetarian. The only thing we've kind of adjusted them from is like we don't obviously put ghee or oil in there, and we cook again. We we so we don't we just cook without cooking oil. That's the only adjustments we've made to Indian food. But if you're familiar with Indian food, um, dal's, lentils, beans, you know, red beans, chickpeas, uh, lobia, things like that, we still make those same dishes. Vegetables. We have a tandoori cauliflower dish. We have a vegetable pulao. We have okra, masala. So we have a lot of Indian food, obviously, again, inspired from home. Um, Western dishes. So we try to mimic, same thing, mimic food groups that people are familiar with. So we have a lot of burritos. We have three different types of burritos, but again, plant-based. Um, we have a lot of pastas, a pesto risotto, a pumpkin risotto, a smashed olive pasta, which is similar to the spaghetti olio we do a penne arabietta, we do a fettuccine carbonara, which, I mean, we call it mushroom sauce, it's not really a carbonara. So again, and, and then Thai food as well, I think like Indian food, there's a lot of vegetables. I think Asian food is generally quite much easier anyway. We There seems to be a lot more different types of variation in terms of green vegetables and things like that. So it's it's actually a lot easier than it sounds like to just customize it to make everything 100% vegan. We just we just stick to these one or two rules I said where we try to not, not use cooking oil in our pantry and make sure that everything is 100% vegan. And, and other than that, there are no other rules in our uh, in our when we try to develop different dishes. 
Do you think that people need an education into veganism? Because uh, I, I don't know if everybody understands the concept of eating plant-based food and uh, moving in this direction. Yeah. Uh, we see in Thailand, you see, uh, essentially, if you go for a family meal, people are eating tons of meat and, and seafood. And, and I don't know if this is a trend. What do you think? Um, yeah, you're right. Um, I don't think there's So the first thing you can notice is there is no Thai word for vegan. There is no word. It doesn't exist. They have the word jay, which is, again, based on a religious and Chinese like descent, and that also excludes onions and garlic and other things like that. So it's not exactly in line with the diet I sell. Um, the second thing as well, like I also have not always had – I'm one of person who just first – I'm also not 100% vegan. Uh, my father is 100% plant-based and basically the inspiration for why I launched this business. But um, so, yeah, like I don't know many Thai people who are vegan. In fact, I'm not even sure I could name that many. I think it's just not a big part of the culture. And again, like I said, ve- the word vegan actually came from – initially to do more to do with the animal rights and animal ethics reasoning. So vegans also um, follow other practices in their lifestyle, whereas they don't wear leather and they may not, you know, buy certain brands and things like that as well. And um, so obviously when we say plant-based diet, we are talking slightly different about the, the food aspect of veganism and also maybe more related to the health side of the benefits you can get from reducing your uh, animal product intake um, it's a hugely debated topic. Um, I mean, you can watch Joe Rogan things and he's, it's on almost every podcast he does. It, it comes up once the topic of food and what is the best diet for you. And it, there's no, there's no, arguably there's no consensus overall. Um, so then my whole approach is also to not maybe promote any, um, incorrect health claims and things like that. But like you said, to at least educate people on other aspects, like I said, like the animal ethics or animal rights of, um, factory farming and all, it's very noticeable and clear. Um, also the environmental issues of, uh, having a, a very high animal based diet, which is probably not going to be sustainable long-term for our growing population. So these are more things which, uh, uh, face a little less dispute or criticism, which we can kind of also focus on the benefits of why we should adopt a more plant-based diet and also lastly i never try to push anyone to give it up anything up 100 percent or things like that it's uh, whatever works for you and what's best for you so like i said we do like meatless monday right can you give up meat just one day a week like start off with every monday you start want to start the week off right start off healthy don't eat meat on mondays you know that's a good starting point if that's a little bit easier for you already and you're in the habit can like you know again for my brand well how about if every day at the office you ordered not prana or you just decided you wouldn't eat meat so that's one meal a day now you know where you're trying to make a conscious effort to eat slightly healthier than you normally would and then it's those little incremental steps you might actually realize hey i feel better or hey i'm losing weight or or whatever your health goals may be or i did a blood test six months later my cholesterol levels my blood sugar are down okay so you know you've seen some benefits from it and then that's that's really the the best way right to trial and test it out for yourself and our goal, obviously, is to make sure that the food tastes good and then you still don't feel like you're missing out or something, which obviously with healthy food, there's always going to be a little bit of a, a gap there. You know, we're not going to be able to match, um, obviously, uh, some types of restaurants or food maybe are used to, but we hope at least the taste is still at, at a level where you still feel like it's you're not giving up such a big part of your life to adjust your diet. So if we were to take 
uh, round number of 100 baht, 3 US dollars. Yeah. Right? So if I had a budget of 3 US dollars, which is a fair budget, I guess, in Asia, in Indonesia, in Malaysia, in Thailand, maybe not in Singapore, does your meal fall into the 100 baht budget or does it go above or wh- where do you see your price point coming going into the future prana right now at this point is definitely um it's we're not at the 100 baht level so our average meal a main course on our website is about between 120 to 140 baht so that's about four to five us dollars yeah, about four dollars uh, uh per meal um we're a food delivery business, so within our business model, we have a lot of other costs, which maybe, you know, we have packaging, delivery, and things like that as well, which we have to take into account as well, because we actually do cover uh, almost all of Bangkok inner city for free. So we don't charge any additional delivery costs onto our customers. Um, and then obviously, we're hoping with scale, that will be something that's able to come down, because then the way we do that is by our drivers all leave the kitchen at once at 9 o'clock, 9.30, and we make sure everyone gets their food by 12. So everyone gets their food in time for lunch. Um, yeah, so we're not in, you know, like in Thailand, there are, like you just said, absolutely correct. There's a lot of people who eat their lunches for less than 100 baht, right? They're in that 50, 60 baht food court meal level. Um, we're not at that price point. Um, we're at maybe a slightly higher, just one level higher than that. Um, so maybe like a little mid, middle level, middle class type thing and above would be able to afford our meals. Um, that being said, it's still a very big market and we're nowhere near, anywhere near that kind of like, you know, uh, we haven't crossed, uh, tapped into anywhere near that market. And um, yeah, I think I think, I think think we're at that middle level because we obviously, do, we're not the only people in the market anymore doing this. We have competitors and I, I can say, um, compared to other food delivery competitors in this, uh, the vegan space, we are still probably the most affordable. But not when you compare us to, like I mentioned earlier, Thai brands that also do these food boxes things. There are brands out there that price themselves at that 70, 80 baht mark. And, you know, over time, you may also see slowly uh, 7-Eleven and other big box chains getting into this space of like ready to eat meals, which is already slowly happening. And I'm sure that they will also be the ones who are uh, filling the space in that 50, 60 baht range. So it's not even somewhere where we would like to be in to compete in because we wouldn't be able to compete with these uh, massive uh, 7-Eleven, CP Group, chain stores that will, they'll eventually move as the market shifts and also start launching uh, JA or vegan products in the ready-to-eat meal space, which we'll always, we usually see a little bit of a, like last week was this week that just passed was actually the vegetarian festival. I think it's always the same week for India and Thailand, uh, Navratri and Jay Festival. It always crosses. Last year was in September. This year is in October. So you'll find a lot of restaurants and things also then push it. And I've definitely seen since in my own personal experience in the last two years, I've seen the market grow significantly. Okay. Can I, um, can I ask, firstly, if I were a consumer today, and I wanted to have your meal in Pattaya or Phuket. Where, uh, where, how far do you distribute your food out to? We're only in Bangkok. We okay. don't cover anywhere else. We're only in Bangkok. And like I said, we cover, we, ha- we do it by zip codes. And um, we cover, when we get to the outside parts of Bangkok, we have a retail partner, a Lemon Farm. And uh, there we keep our products in the retail space. So those are generally further out spaces like towards Future Park and Rama 2 and things where we just 
it's not logistically currently possible for us to to get to those points in time for customers for lunch, etc. So we do have a retail partner, which uh, helps to helps to cover. Are you looking spaces. to grow in other food sectors? Because it seems that the perishable sector has its own limitations. You need to have this food ready three hours before the meals and. There's there's only X number of grab drivers out there, and there only X number of customers out there. Seems to me that um, there is some form of limitation on perishables and ready to eat. Is there any other sectors you might be looking at? Yeah, um, we've thought about it. Um, like you said, you're absolutely. It's a very it's a high volume uh, business, as, and 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 you really need to get scale to 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 cover your costs in this type of model because like exactly as you said we actually have all of our drivers hired uh, internally we don't use any uh, third party delivery services um that's for our own other reasons too like we actually offer reusable boxes and things like that to our customers so we actually collect them back from them and also in terms of the a better customer experience it's nicer to have your own drivers who they are familiar with the delivery instructions and things like that of a customer Will it be a sustainable, scalable model? That's something we still have to wait and see in the next few coming years. Um, outside of that, though, the, the fresh food market, yes, like you said, it, if you want to scale larger, then obviously the, the, the approach to go is to go into, into uh, grocery, go into you know, longer expiries goods and things like that if we already have a delivery thing. So that is something we are looking at um, and also and expanding into an online uh, grocery platform. But again, it will be exclusively only for vegan or plant-based products, and that will allow us to um, feature or showcase, you know, all the the great brands that are now in Bangkok, which we don't make ourselves, you know, because there are new brands popping up every month now that are focused predominantly on the plant-based space. And so it's something we're looking at next year. Um, the looking at other markets within Thailand currently, it doesn't really seem something we're maybe focused in. Um, we may look at exploring uh, expanding to other markets in Southeast Asia if we can get the Bangkok model right. That's definitely something I'm interested in. Like I said, I've personally lived in Yangon for three years, so it's also somewhere I have some experience with. We also have a, a footprint there um, in terms of at least my dad's company and things like that. And uh, maybe other markets in Southeast Asia um, would probably be the main focus over going to a Phuket or a Hua Hin or something like that where it's a much smaller market if we were to expand into new spaces. So those are our two new uh, areas of growth we're looking at, obviously, by region and by uh, product portfolio uh, for the next two to three years. Okay, so I want to, uh, I mean, ours, WTF is about youth empowerment. We're about kids coming back from college and looking for a space of their own. Uh, I want to to talk a little bit about pitfalls, uh, things that you did wrong, uh, your worst moment in the last three years in terms of thinking that this business model is not viable, maybe I need to shift. Tell me a little bit about your sort of your, your, your WTF moments, your, your moments where you took some time and you said to yourself, you know what, I don't know if what I'm doing, whether what I'm doing, did I think this through? Does this have a, a scalability? Uh, does this have a future? Tell me a little bit about the pitfalls. Definitely. So, like I said, um, you know, I was at INSEAD. It's a highly competitive, you know, I was coming out of NBA. You've got a lot of, you know, consultants from the big, big three, you know, a lot of people working in finance. So 
there was I was around surrounded by a lot of people there who you know obviously were very high flyers things like that you could say um for me personally um when i when i left the, the main thing i realized after that is that i, I do want to come back to bangkok and try to do something on my own um one of the main reasons for me to start my own business was not specifically financially related but it was more to do with the fact that i wanted to have the opportunity to try to grow something from scratch from zero and then build it up myself and then obviously secondly i did obviously want to have the option of being my own boss you could say where i didn't have to specifically report to someone else so that's my own uh, personal reasons for launching the startup now did i know at the time what it would entail in terms of the difficulties that would come with it um no of course not and that's the thing about like uh, running your own startup or when you're initially a one man team like you don't know really what's going to be uh where you're going to be in 2 years where you're going to be in 3 years down the road you have no idea um so i i started off literally just at home uh and for the first month when i moved back home after my degree i was just in the kitchen every day with my mom and my maid at home and we were just like you know i was just working on what tastes good what doesn't um the first after about a month when i still had nobody i i did like a trial run with 5 10 friends i didn't charge them any money i just said hey i want to send you guys food for a week you know i'm thinking of starting up this delivery service would you guys try my food like let me, i want to so then by doing that i remember just the first day it was something so little i didn't figure it out until sunday evening and i just like i couldn't find my friend's pin on one of these lala move delivery apps at the time i didn't have my own team and i was just getting so stressed i'm like I, how am i going to deliver them the food oh no i promised them i'm going to send them the food on monday i can't find any single one of my friend's pin on the map you know it's the difficulty of searching it in thai not being exactly the correct pin such such a little issue well, i i i lost my head for like 2 3 hours now my mom had to like come and like calm me down like oh it's okay like don't worry like you know don't don't calm down stop stressing out like you know it's just your friends like you know they figured out whatever like th- this is just like okay that was the first time i was just like oh my god okay what am i going to do i'm i'm accountable to my customers right this time i didn't charge them but imagine i had taken money from them and then the next day i had to tell them that sorry guys i i can't get you your food i don't know how to work this app or whatever for example so so that was one and then uh along the way obviously so the first and most important thing i had to do was find team members things like that there were times along the way i think it was one i think there was one point at the end of first my first year about december jan uh, 2018 19 i i thought about quitting um i thought about giving it up and and not doing this anymore um purely because i was focused on the fact the financial side of it i guess you could say that i was like we're losing money so much money every month like you know what is the point of doing this you know i'm waking up at 5 a.m. every day like you know i have to be at the kitchen by 6 a lot of days i'm in the kitchen with my hair net on helping to pack the boxes or make the food like i've been doing this for a year you know is it is it ever going to be profitable is this model ever going to be something that can scale into a profit things like that so So when you I guess I can say when you don't look at the long term perspective of it and and then you're only thinking about the short term then obviously it's very easy to give up and very easy to fail and also when you don't have a 
when you're your own boss now, you know, you cannot let you when you're working. I feel that's the main difference for people who want to try to do their own thing. You get you get your freedom of your own work schedule, but then you're also accountable to yourself. So there is no uh, blaming. Oh, I'm just, my job is just this. And then I report to my boss. And as long as my boss is happy, the job is done. And so you can work at any time of the day and things like that. You're, you're accountable to your customers and to your business and to your brand. So, yeah, I thought about quitting. My, my parents didn't let me. Um, they said, you're just not just having a bad month, two months, see what happens, see how you feel in two months. And it was right, yeah. So I, I kept going. Um, kept going. We, I mean, we, we've been and uh, we've been growing every month, uh, well, every year at least, you know, since we launched. So that's the positive side of things. The market was small. The market, you know, this was something... Luckily, my dad is there, and he has a lot of business experience. So he said, you know, three first three to five years, it's not about making money. And uh, and he's right, because if, if, if I didn't launch three years ago, um, there are so many vegan brands now in the market, competitors of mine. So if I did, did wait, decided to wait three years longer to launch when the market was there, would I have a head start on my competitors? Probably not. Would I already be at this scale? So there, there's a, you're going to struggle when you enter a market that's not already there. If you're trying to be the one who's building the market or creating a niche, then it's very well expected that you are going to struggle to find customers. You are going to struggle to get your point of view out there. It's it's not a it's not it's even today it's not a popular concept in Thailand. What is? I would be sure that less than one percent of the Thai population is vegan. But yeah, I guess when you when you're having a bad day or a, a bad bad week or a bad month and sales are not going too well or whatever's not going to, I mean you you need that support system around you. Find team members who are who are good, who work for you. Um, probably the single biggest thing that that saved or helped my business is when my older brother came to join me a so year what's ago. His name? So my older brother is Tarun. Okay. Um, he also went to INSEAD, ironically, six months before me. Um, he did not. He went and got a job at a, at a in a uh, head financial position for a company, Boston Scientific. Um, he worked there for about two and a half years, and then I think he was also done with corporate. And he said, "I told him, hey, bro, if you ever want, if you're ever looking for want to do something, I, I need help." Like I reached out to both my brothers, my older and younger brother, and said, "I need help here." <laughs> guys like I, I can't do this alone you know we each have different skill sets that we're good at right and and obviously i i would trust them more than anyone else i can hire so i said look guys uh, i need help and it just so worked out that he wanted to leave his job when i kind of said this he was already thinking about it putting in his notice and so he he's been with me now for over a year and uh, now we both work together managing the business having you here today Udit, um i've learned a lot about the world of veganism, I understand it's now a lifestyle choice as opposed to a meal choice. And uh, I would love to, to go to your website maybe Monday morning and book a meal for maybe the week. Can, can, do you have a one-week deal or a one-month deal or how does it work? The, you can order for the whole week. There we you have, go. We have packages and things like that, yeah. Okay, so there's a deal on the table for us. Hopefully, <laughs> Udit will give us a WTF deal yeah, at some point. Maybe I should have came here with a special <laughs> promo code for you guys. But uh, uh, Rajan's definitely going to try some <laughs> vegan food this week. Anyway, uh, thank you so much. Uh, had a great time with you today. Again, as usual, I'm going to uh, ask you for two things. One is please 
give us the name of somebody you think would be a great guest on the show. And secondly, um, we have the WTF show awards next year for the youth that inspires his community and brings us forward. That will happen in 2021, and you have the right to nominate one individual age 20 to 30. Thank you again for coming on the show, and you have the last word, Mr. Udit. So tell us a little bit of the future of prana. The future of prana, is that the question? That's right. What's the future of prana? Okay, the future of prana is to first be profitable, of course. That's the long-term goal, is to, uh, is to become a profitable and sustainable business. Um, like I said, we're looking at, you know, expanding more from food delivery into the e-commerce space. Maybe we, we want to be an online platform for peop- anyone who's looking for anything plant-based related. So whether it's grocery products, whether it's fresh, ready-to-eat meals, and obviously the, the maybe the dream, the goal long-term, because I'm also very passionate about fitness and sports and things like that. Ideally, who knows one day if we had a prana, a house of health here in Bangkok where it could be a gym studio where we can run, you know, classes for people and also have workshops and also run other things, maybe cooking classes, things like that. And that could also operate as our central kitchen where we do still deliver out our food and do all our warehousing. That's really that's really the goal. The long-term vision in the next three to five years is to have a, is to have a space where people can come uh, basically educate themselves, uh, eat healthy, exercise, etc., and so on, and build a community there, and obviously still have our online presence on a website. Excellent. Thank you. Mr. Udit Devan, Prana Foods at the WTF show. Uh, tune, in, tune in next week where we will, we will have... That's it from the WTF show. Vimal and the team from WTF Show would like to thank all our sponsors. Tune in next week for another great gig with people making a difference to your future. For advertising spots, go to the WTF Show IG page and get more info or contact Vimal at 6681-616-5987.